0: What the
1: hell is the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast.
0: Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant.
2: Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies
3: next week.
1: Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast
3: in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy.
2: I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting editions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Evan Grant here, along with Kevin Sherrington and Barry Horn, and producer Jose Rodriguez, and along for... A New Year's spectacular, the general manager of the Texas Rangers, John Daniels, joins us, I believe after surviving a harrowing skiing experience. John, you're alive to tell about it? I am. I
2: am. Happy New Year to you guys. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, John. Let's let's get right into the, the peppering of the questions, <laughs> um, the airing of the grievances. So, I spent a lot, a large part of my holiday season talking with, with fans on, of course, the, the social media platforms who kept saying, what are the Rangers doing? What are the Rangers doing? You've obviously added a lot of pitching that you guys view as value-type pieces. Is there more to be done on the pitching side?
0: Yeah, there is. I think there's more to be done, you know, overall. Um, you know, like you mentioned, we're, we're pretty pleased with the additions we've made so far adding uh you know five or so guys to our staff uh, all of which we think are are uh you know be productive for us in the big leagues for us this year and and at you know relative values I and mean, they're fair deals but but deals that we think have a chance to to uh you know age well for us and um guys that that uh really good makeup pound the strike zone you know and have a, a history of uh Performance, either in the big leagues or in or in Japan, and as our scouts have identified, so you we're know, really happy with what we've done so far. But definitely more work to be done, uh, and, and I guess has been documented, you know, for whatever reason or whatever reasons. Like it's been a very slow-moving market, and so there's still a lot of work to be done league-wide. There's still a lot of players out there, uh, more than. I anticipated at least, any more than probably a bunch of people anticipated. And so as as uh, we get back going here this week in the office and around the league, gets back going again, I think, I think there's still quite a few attractive players that uh, need to find homes. Uh,
3: would you feel like the the guys that are available now, to you anyway, that you would be interested in, you've already said you would not be interested in the top end of the market, are uh, or, or the pieces you would add now to the pitching would be Perhaps what we might call supplementary to what you already have added, or or you know somebody who might actually you know supplant some of those guys and push them down a little bit in the pecking order, or do you feel like these are guys maybe just to round out uh, your pitching staff?
0: We're really considering all of the above, Kevin. I mean, I, I think when we said we didn't anticipate playing at the top of the market, and that, that's just a uh, uh, you know us based on where we expected some of the dollars to go and what we were looking to try to do within our meeting this off season, within our, you know, our budget and then also kind of looking long-term as well as 2018 and what makes sense for us. So, um, you know, we've, we haven't really pushed on a lot of the, the top of the market guys just because of that reason, uh, the dollars, but, uh, there are some guys out there that we feel, um, to, you know, pitch meaningful roles for us, whether it's towards the back of a pen or you know, middle of a rotation that, that uh, we're still planning on playing on.
2: John, it's Barry Horn here. How, how uh, disappointing was the Otani adventure? Well, you know, I think it... it, it, it I'm not sure if
0: disappointing is disappointing the right word, but it mm-hmm. was just... And I say that only because you, know, you go in knowing like all 30 teams are going to have interest and only one's going to get them, right? So... Um, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to expect to necessarily be the, the the ultimate team that he plays for. That being said, we put a lot into it, you know. We, and not just I think a lot of teams kind of ramped up the last couple months or the last couple weeks before it. You know, I mean, truth be told, we were we were kind of following him for years. I mean, Josh Boyd and, and uh, some of our guys met with him, you know, five six years ago uh, when he was coming out of high school, and we've we've tracked them ever since and so from that standpoint you know we had invested quite a bit of time in it um and then when you get down to you know the final seven and you know we'd heard from some accounts we might have been one of the kind of final two or three you know it's hard to really place too much emphasis on that that wasn't from otani didn't tell us that his agent didn't tell us that but we got a sense that we were you know real consideration at the end that piece of it you know obviously not fun to hear, and then of course it ends up in the division. But I will say this: like from a from a, a process standpoint, um, seeing the kind of the type of creativity and, and uh, production that came out of the whole organization from you know the business side, marketing, graphic design, obviously our pack brim scouts, our guys here in the office, uh, seeing Danny in front of them. I mean, there were there were a lot of pauses that came away from it. Definitely a little in the silver lining category because we didn't get the player. Uh, but, you know, that piece of it was real. I mean, the, the process was really rewarding in a lot of ways. I
1: I, I look at what's taken place this offseason, and as you say, the, the market has been very slow to develop, and, and for whatever reason, the, the whole top of the free agent pitching class is still left. Uh, and you guys have made that decision not to, to play at the very top uh, dollar uh, area. and I, I think fans sometimes struggle with um, the idea that the team is saying they don't have the money, and I, I, I think that your perspective is that you guys just don't think that it is the wisest play this year. Can you give us some insight into that?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a couple things. Um, you know, first of all, you're not looking at yeah, you know, these guys aren't signing top of the market players aren't signing for you know one year contracts. So you're not simply looking at it in terms of your 2018 uh, payroll or budget. Um, you're looking at it in, in terms of how does this fit for the next you know however many years, uh, and what are the opportunity costs that come with that, and what are the what are the advantages of flexibility, you know, even if you even if you don't have it specifically earmarked for. Uh, an exact acquisition two years from now or three years from now, like what are the, you see around the league, the, the advantages of being flexible. Um, and,
1: uh, we've,
0: we've had points in our, in our past where we've been extremely flexible. Uh, the last two, three years we've been less flexible and I, you know, we're, we're looking to get back to that point where we have a little bit more, uh, room to maneuver and agility to do so. Um, so that, that's part of it uh, as far as, like, financially. But, you know, uh, nobody likes to talk about it, but it's a reality. We, we all have a budget, right? And there are times when um, uh, when we go to ownership and ask for an ex- you know, exception to make a variance to the budget, and more often than not they, they want to do it. And, you know, to this point, this offseason, we haven't asked for that, and I really I don't anticipate doing so.
1: And the way I look at this year, based on what's taken place this winter, I, I look at a team that I feel like is, uh, my words, not yours, in something of a, of a bridge situation in which you, you still do have, you've got some young players that are starting to come into their own. You've got some contracts that are, that are a little bit uh, top-heavy. You've got a layer in the minor league system that has still got to grow a little bit. And it, it seems to make financial or fiscal sense not to go out there and and burden yourselves with more big-time contracts because I think what teams get into is this, this kind of life cycle where either you pay, overpay and overpay and overpay and pay for mistakes or you trade away, trade away, trade away, trade away prospects and at some point in time you completely bottom out. And I think what you guys are trying to avoid is the complete bottom out.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, again, I wouldn't necessarily use those those exact terms, but conceptually, yeah, you're right. Um, I I think we can be a contending team this year. Do we need a number of things to go right? Yes, we do. Um, Do we need to continue to improve, not just, you know, before spring training, but throughout spring training, throughout the year? Yes, we do, and and I expect that we will. Um, You know, there have been off seasons where, our goal is to try to put the, you know, the finishing touches on the roster, and to you know to, to walk into spring training, you know, kind of fully, you know, fully ready to go, and kind of know exactly who's in every spot. But this off season we're viewed a little differently. You know, this off season we we wanted to uh, preserve some some uh, ability to do things in the future. We wanted to preserve our best young talent, uh, and so we would kind of set those options off to the side. And we also want to create opportunity for guys to play at the big, league level, right? So, I mean, guys that have shown some things in the past, but, you know, haven't really gotten consistent playing time, um, guys that, you know, we believe in, but we, we really need to find out about, you know, we want to see play. Um, you know, we made a decision that knowing that we needed to add multiple players uh you know we made a decision not to go you know push all chips into to one or two guys rather than spread it out because we needed you know we needed multiples we needed we needed depth on the staff um and, and we kind of profiled certain players and decided what was going to fit for us so this was not a an off season where we we were looking to go kind of all in and put the finishing touches on you know picking up just the, the right finishing piece one or two guys here or there. We we want to spread it out, add multiple players, uh, preserve our, our flexibility and preserve our ability to you know, play some of our own guys that, that we believe in but maybe haven't had a, a real chance to to uh, show us what they've got yet.
2: John, when you say uh, you hope the team will be a contending team, what do you mean by contending? Is it contending for wild card, contending for the division? What is contending? So,
0: playing uh playing for a playoff spot late in the year and, and you know, go from there. I mean, I, I, I don't really think that there's a value in, like, putting, you know, I'm not Al Davis or George Steinbrenner, right? I'm not sitting here and saying, like, you know, it's all or nothing. And, um, you know, do we want to win a World Series? Absolutely. Will we be the team picked to win? No, I get it. Um, but, you know, you can improve over the course of the season you can improve over the course of spring training. Things things change. It's not a static situation. And so when I say I expect that we're going to be um, a contending team, that's what I mean. I mean, I think that we're going to put ourselves in position, whether that's January, February, March into the season, where we continually get better, where our, our players on the field get better, where our roster gets better via additions, both internal and external. Uh, where there are things that the front office and the coaching staff can do to, to push us forward to where, you know, over the course of the season, we put ourselves in position to be in the playoffs. And and you know, as, as things happen, like plus or minus, we'll adjust along the way. I mean, that's the name of the game. But, um, you know, regardless of what, you know, different publications say or think, or you know, we believe that if we do things well on our end, we take care of what we need to take care of, that good things can happen the season for us
3: john do you i know you when you signed mike minor it was with the intention uh that he would get a shot at the rotation and, and certainly would see how that goes in spring training but could you envision a scenario this year where he would end up being the closer
0: yeah i think that's possible um we're all you know pretty well convicted and, and the plan is to have him start in spring training um he hasn't done it in a few years, although he still pitched with the starters repertoire last year. And, um, um, and obviously he's had success in both roles. But, yeah, I think he's got the mindset, uh, the stuff, and, and you know the ability to throw a lot of strikes to where you know whether he was pitching the 7th, 8th, or ninth inning, he would have success if, if it ended up going that way.
1: All right, well, John, you have um, you've taken some time out from getting right back to the business of baseball. And I know there's really never a time off for you, even when you're when you're with your family. So, thank you for spending some time with us here to, to kick off the year. I appreciate it. Hopefully, we will get a chance to visit with you a little bit more down the road. All right, guys.
0: Thanks for having me on. Take care. Take Thanks, care. John.
3: There he goes, John Daniels, general manager of the Rangers, skier. He, he can do it all. He can. Yeah. Um, what did you? Uh, what did you get from from that, Kevin? Based on philosophy? Uh, I was. Uh, you know, I've already written that uh, they've raised the white flag uh, on this season. Uh, somebody, uh, I think somebody in house here in a Q and A asked uh, Tim Callishaw if uh, if he agreed with me that the Rangers are tanking this year. There's a difference between, in my estimation, tanking and raising the white flag. Uh, tanking is you're you're getting rid of everybody. Uh, there goes Cole Hamills. There goes there goes anybody. Pretty much with any kind of value. And there's a difference between that and saying, listen, we're just we're just saying we're really not uh, big time contenders, and we're not going all in. Here. I think there's I think there's an awful lot of semantics
1: at play. I, I do yeah. think that the tanking has a connotation of you're trying purposely not to win. Yeah. Um, what ba- baseball
2: is not the sport to tank in. No. no.
1: No, but I mean a lot of fans will at this point in time, see the example of the Astros and we will say that, yes, that is the way to go. Um, Which a is a pain- rare a rare thing. It's a, a rare thing, and it's a painful thing, and there's no guarantees. Yes. I think, you know, even even for me, your connotation of raising the white flag, I think is, uh, for, for me, it's, I, I still think of surrender. I, I, I think that that it, we're all thinking along the same lines here. This team has done what they can to get some pieces they hope will help for some incremental mm-hmm. improvement, uh, that chance exists. If something goes wrong with the Astros or the Angels, who knows what happens. There is chance, as he said, for legitimate chance for this team to get better as the season goes on, particularly in-house. But, I, you know, and the words that I used, my connotation was bridgier, that you're mm-hmm. basically not trying to bottom out, right? but you're also not saying we're so close that if we – overpay for a guy that may only really help us for one or two years, and we're still going to pay for that contract a la Sinshu Chu long down the road, that it's not the wisest of investments. And so I think what the Rangers have come to is that natural place, that this is what I was getting at with John, that just about every franchise gets to. Eventually, you either have to make a decision, we are going to have one of the top three payrolls in baseball and just not worry about money, or we're going to have a barren farm system. And a lot of clubs end up with both. Mm -hmm. Rangers are trying to stop themselves short of going in either direction. And they're trying to reload, manage themselves this year, put themselves in a position where some things could go right. And if they don't, I do think you'll see some selling off. You'll see a Cole Hamill sold off. You'll see an Adrian Beltre sold off. And you may be able to reaccelerate
2: that regeneration period. That's all well and good, but fans don't. Think that way, fans are like you know. I was thinking about it's like having teenage kids. They don't care what you did for them yesterday. Right. They want to know what's under the Christmas tree this year, and you know they don't. You know they got a car last year. They expect you know another car, something something that big. And so I I think it's going to be a, a tough year with the fans.
3: Well, here's what. But here's the point I wanted to make before we go any further down this uh, rabbit uh, rabbit hole. Is that what I'm going to say? Yes. It is the uh, is that when John said there are still people available, and he was surprised by that. And he said that because of where the market was, he didn't say where the market is. He said where the market was, uh, that there are some different things. And when, and then, of course, when we ask about the – um you know, are, are there are there guys? In other words, you already have your rotation now, the contenders for it, or are there other people you could add? And he didn't say to the end; he said to the middle. So and if you're he talking also about,
1: didn't say to the front.
3: He did not say to the front. He
1: did. He, well, the two things he pointed out were the back end of the bullpen and the middle of the rotation. Yeah. I think we all picked up on that. Um, clearly, Greg Holland is still out there for the back end of the of the bullpen. Right. There are going to be some guys. I still don't think that even if you take Arietta and Darvish and put them to one side, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that Lynn or Cobb are going to pl- come into the Rangers' um, price range. But there's still some free agent pitchers out there. Now, I don't have my list in front of me right now, but there's still going to be some free agent guys out there. And maybe, maybe one of those two guys does come back to the Rangers a little bit. I don't. I
3: don't really have a feel for it. I don't know that a lot of people do at this point. And see, and I think to me, when I was uh, when I when I wrote that, that, for my for me, the problem is is that listen, I'm not for them going all in on somebody uh, and spending outrageous dollars on a team that clearly is not as good as the Astros, probably not as good as the Angels, uh, and uh, and may not be as good as the Mariners. You know, and, and for that matter. Who knows with Oakland? Uh, I thought at the end of the year those young pitchers on the Oakland staff looked terrific. Right, uh, some great stuff. So it's a very competitive division, probably the best division in baseball. So it's going to be very difficult for the Rangers to win. But but my point was when John said when when you're adding people to the rotation, yeah, I don't I don't want you to add a guy who's just going to be good for this year. Or next year, and then you're overpaying him for the next four. I, what that, what this team needs is somebody toward the top of the rotation that is going to be here for the next four years, or and and to get them through this bridge year, as you as you call it, which I would also call it the same thing, and into you know 2019 and 2020. Uh, when they're going to be going to the new ballpark because that that pitcher is not on this staff right now, and that pitcher is, as I see it, not in the farm system either right. at this point. Right, and that's and that's the issue. The issue is, is that oh, if you were if you had some really you know top ten baseball prospects uh in your road, you know in your farm system, well then okay, then I then I get it. Uh, the the thing is that you know, and and maybe you know. You could say, why Why can't they just do that after this year well what I, 2019? What
1: I get from his argument or from his perspective is, okay, let's say you go out and you sign Arietta or Darvish, okay, and you're paying $25 million a year. That's not going to win you the division this year. No. Okay? Um, and in all likelihood, it probably doesn't win you the division in 2019. Now, all of a sudden, you've invested $50 million and you've wasted two years of, of, of them. I think his perspective is, Particularly with starting pitching, which is so overpriced, if you're going to go in and go get a number one type starting pitcher, get him when you're on the verge. Right. Not when, not to say, okay, in three years we're going to be really good. We'll have this guy. Because in three years, those guys are going to be 34 years old. Right. And they're going to be declining. No no question. So I think that right now is the idea of let's try and, and piece some things together. And when we get to that point, then we'll go all in and we'll spend whatever is necessary and know that we're overspending and we're hoping that, that we'll get real return in the first two years. And after that, the the, the return is going to decline.
3: So let me ask you this, because I've never asked John this question. Um, so looking back, because of the Chew contract, because of the taking on the Fielder contract, now I noticed that was mitigated by what the, the Tigers sent back and then you're losing the, the Kinsler contract. So that was mitigated somewhat. But still, those were huge contracts to take on at a time when it did not seem like the Rangers were just, mm, just this close to me. What, what got into John that winter when he did that? Um, I, I think that their, their
1: perspective that winter, you go back to, to that winter, and they wanted to find a spot for Profar. Okay? They wanted to open up second base for Profar, first of all. They had talked to Kinsler about potentially moving to first base. He gave them an indication that he might. Then he gave them an indication that he would not. Okay, so you're you're looking at that, and they thought, okay, well, he doesn't want to go to first base. We can get, you know, we can get a left-handed hitter with with a high on-base percentage that plays every day for the middle of that lineup. Okay, all right. So you you figure, all right, That's a good. That's a that's a fair swap. The Chew deal was. We need smarter at-bats at the top of the lineup. Smarter at-bats. We need on-base percentage. They paid an exorbitant fee for on-base percentage. He was a 390 on-base per- guy for the three years before he came to the Rangers.
3: For something the, the year before.
1: Right. And, and he, you know, they paid a lot of money for on-base percentage. There were two bad outfield contracts based on OBP, I think, that winter. Him and Ellsbury. And in retrospect, you know, if you look back on everything, it, it was a mistake. The Chew deal was a mistake. Even though Chew, you know, when he's been on the field, Chew has been a, a an offensive producer, not to the same tune that he was the three years before he came to Texas. But he's been a he's been a solid producer. Where they made the mistake was, I think there was. I, I think they let these are my words, not John's, but I do think that somehow emotions got involved and they were hurt by Nelson Cruz not taking the suspension in the middle of two by Nelson Cruz taking the suspension in the middle of 2013 right and they didn't go back and aggressively pursue him once it was clear that his 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 asking price was dropping that he could have been had on a one year deal that that you know they thought Chu better on base better smarter at bats Cruz more of that you know just big swing type guy um, and I think they made a mistake there. I mean, I think it's they, very, made, it, they made it twice. They, I think they, you know, it's, it's been borne
3: out that that, that that was a mistake. They could have had him twice, and that's and that's the issue for me. If if they had, well,
1: they they, they couldn't have had him twice because I think once you once you signed Chew.
3: You know, oh, you can't. Well, well, no! I mean, yeah, but that, excellent. You know, that's 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 the that's the, the point about the Chu signing. It's not so much just the production; it's what it kept you from doing, right? And right. and it kept you from from signing, uh, you know, Cruz a second uh, a second swing at him. And then also, what does it do now? If, if you did not have that contract, they they could have pushed for a, a top end pitcher. Sure. And,
1: and I still think that it's important for this team to try and move Chu before this winter is over. Uh, if yeah, it I, means, I don't. Th- I just don't think it's possible. I, I it, you know, if it means you save five million bucks a year, great. Um, and, uh, it, it's going to be really difficult. Um, but if they can save five million bucks, they need to move that money because they need to clear an opportunity for Willie Calhoun to play regularly. If they're looking to improve internally and for their young players to get better, this is the, the year that guys like Willie Calhoun that if you want to either up Profar's value during the year or find him a chance to play every day, then you have to move out these guys right. who are blocking them. And so it becomes imperative for them to do that. Now, it's really difficult to move Choose contract, and you're not going to get the full value. You're not going to get the full value. But you have to kind of play this out. Maybe somebody gets hurt in an accident <laughs> or something, you know, during, during spring training, somewhere along the line, and they get desperate for a bat. And then you move to yeah. Fans will buy,
2: I think, going with the younger players. But, but no but,
1: GM – you're not going to get – at this point in time, you're not going to get this GM. And this GM is never going to say we're tanking or we're, we're no, giving up. No, no, and, and And no GM should say that. And I think when Jeff Luno did that, you know, he, he risked his whole career basically by, by, by giving up for three years.
0: No,
2: no, no what I'm saying is they if they play the younger players, it, you, you have something to sell. That's, if, if you're playing – Chew again, or, or older players. Absolutely, there's nothing to sell. Well, if you, it's
3: one thing if you're an older player like Adrian Beltre, right? Uh, you know, he, he's still got something left in the tank, right. When he's healthy, uh, and and, and Chew's okay when he's healthy. He's not great. He's okay. But the, my point is, is I, if I, I'd rather see Willie Calhoun play every day, yeah. Yeah. And, right. And, 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 and,
1: and, Chu and running Chew out there right now is nothing but a a a memory for fans well, of a bad contract, right. That, as you just said prohibited you from doing other things. Yes. I, I don't think – if you're talking about selling fans, at least now you sell fans. We've moved these guys yeah. out. Yeah. We're moving we're, towards we're moving the future. We're yeah. moving All right. We, we've got to run. We've got other guys. We we have David Moore next or David Tim is, is
2: wait We have David Moore coming up talking about the Cowboys um, and the season that was. Boy, in We I, the future. We got some
1: questions over the last two weeks to answer. No. To get an answer from no. David. No. Yeah.
2: So, well, Brian, is that our <laughs> out music? Are you trying to tell us something?
3: Brian's always trying to tell us something. All
1: right, so we will be back with uh, David, and then we'll get to college football mania with Tim Brando. Uh, Take care, everybody.
2: Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast.
1: Don't
3: forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week.
1: And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.